from Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. It was a miracle. I cannot believe still that I got to work with that many people coming in and out for a day or two days of work or three days of work or a week of work, just nailing something so unique and and, and also being at the center of it. Like it was just, just a dream come true that I, I didn't think was possible. For Amanda Seyfried, the experience of playing Elizabeth Holmes in Hulu's limited series, The Dropout, was like no other. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talk to the Dropout star Amanda Seyfried and executive producer and showrunner Liz Merriweather about their collaboration, which included striking the right balance between drama and comedy, as well as setting the right tone for depicting Elizabeth as someone who did wrong, but also someone who truly believed she could pull off her fantastic dream. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. In Hulu's Emmy-nominated limited series The Dropout from Liz Merriweather, Amanda Seyfried plays Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of the billion-dollar blood-testing company Theranos. Of course, as we know now, the company was a sham, and Holmes has now been convicted of fraud— But the story behind Holmes has captivated audiences over the years via podcasts, a documentary, and now The Dropout. For the role, Seifert transformed physically like never before, nailing Holmes' awkward dance style, her wild-eyed blank stare, and yes, that clearly invented baritone voice. Here at Theranos, we are developing new technology. Here. At Theranos, we are developing new technology. New technology. This is an inspiring step forward. 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 This is an inspiring step forward. Critics lauded the dropout, and so did Emmy voters. The series is up for Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series, as well as Lead Actress for Seyfried, and also Liz Merriweather earned a nomination for Writing. Francesca Gregorini and Michael Showalter are both up for Directing, and the series is also nominated for Casting. That's six nominations altogether. Variety's Award Circuit Podcast caught up with Seyfried and Merriweather as the Emmy season drew to a close to get one more chance to see the two interact as they became fast friends over their similar senses of humor and ideas for the show. We also chatted, of course, about whether they'll ever revisit Elizabeth Holmes, but also what else they might collaborate on in the future. We talked to Seyfried as she took a break on the set of her next project, The Crowded Room. As we pick up, Merriweather was asking about who wrote that project. I'm just jealous of I'm jealous of any writer that like gets to write for you. Like besides me, I feel like very like like uh, territorial. You can you can yeah, own me. Yeah, yeah. You can own me. If I could do like a ten picture deal with you, <laughs> I would. You just I just sign my life away and be like I only do what you want me to do, even if it's like a scene and some show. As long as I got paid, because I would obviously still need to get paid. Yeah, just wait it around. I like calling things pictures. Picture, you know. <laughs> Let's Very make a Hollywood. picture, you know? Like, I've really fallen out of the... Uh, yeah, see? We'll make a picture. We'll yeah, yeah. Uh, Has the, the podcast started? Are we... <laughs> we are jumping right in. I, okay. I, I love the stream of consciousness. Because, Liz, actually, I am curious... Kind of brings up a good point. Like, these, these shows, these are kind of like your babies. And it must be sort mm-hmm. of when you see your stars move on to other projects. Do you ever feel a tinge of 
jealousy, like. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, specifically like Amanda. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. Amanda. <laughs> um, that's it was, it was it was a strange experience for me though like because i i was not on set i was watching through a feed through a lot of through most of it so there are like there were people that i'm actors that i met at the premiere or like have still never met you know <laughs> so it's a very strange experience for me also like coming from a show where i knew everybody you know and obviously it like had run for many years so like i knew everybody and like this was this, like you know it's 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 very uh, intense when you are like watching somebody through a feed and like texting in notes and then like editing with their face for months but then have never actually met them in person was that because of covid was that just it was like it was that? a mix of covid and i had just given birth to a to a to a human so it was the, it was a mix of those those two things it's yeah. definitely a strange era to shoot anything in mm-hmm. and i i felt like you were still, you had so much power in this that I felt the pull every time to to always look to you to clarify thir- certain things and to discover things. And I felt like I had a very direct line to you. So even though you weren't there and you didn't meet everybody, it still felt like it was your show and you were the boss and 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 it felt safe. And that's that's like credit to you and to the writing because you made it you made it easy but it was still yeah I mean of course I wish you were on set more when you'd come on set <laughs> mall to a flame because uh, I just well, I wore a t-shirt that said I have all the power right <laughs> <laughs> no, no it was just it was it was nice I I mean listen I it's like interesting like I actually feel like being on the feed it like did it gives it gives you like this weird sort of man behind the curtain like omniscient quality where like you know like I actually, I felt like I had like when I spoke it was like a little bit more like overpowering because I was like on the feed and nobody knew where I was coming from. So. The, the the word of God. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Ah, the power and it and it totally worked. How amazing that with that technology we were able to make an entire TV show and in, in incredible. The after giving birth, which yeah. is so massively intrusive to your life. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it was like, it's just, it was, it was kind of nice. And I had actually just given birth like five months prior probably. And so I was, I was over that hump of like, I was out of the house. I was stopped breastfeeding. I was like ready to go to work. So it was just like, it's also just insane timing, both being moms and both having two kids mm-hmm. and, and still wanting to be, to make this come alive and being as passionate as you can be about something. It was cool. I felt like yeah. we were a really great team, which is another reason when you start doing, because you were already starting to write something else by the end of the dropout. And I got, I felt those same feelings of, of envy for whoever was going to end up working with you. And then I knew that that wasn't going to happen for a while, but still I was just knowing that you were starting to go into another headspace. I was like, we can have an open relationship. It's okay. Uh, that's it's a safe, safe place to have an open relationship <laughs> as long as we you know come circle back around you know yeah yeah uh, although it's I would about, really, about the circle back around <laughs> I just fear that I would disappoint you as anybody else but Elizabeth Holmes uh that's, well, impo- okay. that's impossible no I seriously really I, I working with Amanda I mean we're making jokes I'm making jokes but like I I've never it was such an incredible experience of just an actor who 
was so open and game and good humored and hardworking. And I mean, there would be things where she'd call me before a scene and I would be like, I don't know, like, can you try it this way, this way, and this way? Like three completely different ways, you know? And Amanda would be like, great. It's like to to be able to, to ask that of an actor and then to have that person deliver is is such an incredible gift as a writer because like there were there were just like all there were moments in the story where I genuinely kind of didn't know which direction we wanted to go in but I kind of knew that we needed a few different choices and you know she just had she she not only has this gift but has like power over the gift where she can adjust it you know, based on sort of like what's needed, which I think is like, uh, you know, it's, it's so, so rare. And, and also just the, the tone of the show is really like Amanda, you know what I mean? I feel like Amanda just like understood in such a huge way that where the comedy was coming from and how not to kind of push comedy and how to, how to like be sort of natural and real in every moment no matter what, even in the most absurd moments. And I mean, I, I think that her understanding of the tone sort of, you know, translated to all the, all of the many guest actors that we had coming in and out because they would look to her and her performance and kind of see what she was doing and also see how nice she was and how kind and like generous. And I think like, so I, she just set, she set the tone so to speak, in in every way, you know, throughout. Well, I think, thank you. That's all incredible things um, to hear and to say. And and uh, you wrote it and you set a tone. Yes, on set, socially, I will set a tone. I'm very social on set. I like it to be cozy. I like people to be happy. I like people to be comfortable. And I feel like I just get you. I, we have the same sense of humor. I do. Yeah. I totally get I your it made so much sense to me. It was also uniquely written. It's like I I just understood for the most part, I understood as much as anybody can understand who isn't you, I think. Mm-hmm. It felt like it felt very organic and fun too, because the awkwardness, the awkwardness of life is 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 rarely ever seen this much in one show. I mean, <laughs> there are shows like this. I do love awkwardness. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, <laughs> The last time I talked to both of you separately was we did a uh, video all about the, of course, Lil Wayne, the how to love moment, which is still one of the best moments in all of television over the past <laughs> year. And I don't know who else could have pulled that off other than Amanda. I mean, it's still incredible. When I'm you look sure at- somebody, but I, I also think it had to be the right time. It had to be the right the right feeling it had to be the right song obviously like i'd never even heard that song before you hadn't no never i didn't know that oh i, I was listening like, to I like really... Eagle or something at, when that came out i was listening to whatever kelly clarkson album was out at the time <laughs> oh <laughs> kelly clarkson we should have had some kelly clarkson in the show that yeah uh, we'll just go back and remix it <laughs> <laughs> the director's yeah. cut yeah, Amanda, had you watched New Girl? Were you uh, a New Girl fan? I, yeah, I had, especially when, like when it first started. I remember meeting uh, Zoe. I think back when she started the show, it was some award show. We're all hanging out. I think it was Anne Hathaway and Zoe when Zoe was with the guy from Death Cab, and we were all hanging at a house party. Yeah, and I was like really young. 
<laughs> I was like, wow, look at famous people. Uh, and I got stuck in a lot of situations like that. And it was just really fun. And I remember being a big fan of hers because she got that, that balance between awkwardness and total deadpan truth. And, and you are the man, of course, behind the curtain. And that whole experience too. I mean, you put a lot of people in business for many years because of that writing and because it was different. And because it was a, was it considered a sitcom? I don't know if I would consider it yeah. a sitcom. It was? It was considered a sitcom because on camera. Kevin Riley talked to us at the beginning of the second season. He said, he said, you know, we need more situations. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it's a sitcom. Okay. A and situation what was comedy. No. Yeah. It's, I think it was technically a sitcom. Yeah. No, I mean, it, actually, Amanda, we've never really spoken about New Girl. That's so funny. I didn't, I, I, I don't usually like start every conversation with, have you seen New Girl? <laughs> I thought that was your casting process, Liz. It's only people who have seen and, and also stand New Girl. Like you have the box sets at home. Right. No, I'm just like, I feel like the first couple years it was out, I had enough conversations with like, with like cool, like quote unquote cool people that were like, I don't even have a television. I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. You know, so I, the, I just, I just finally sort of like stopped. I just, just, just stopped talking about it. I am curious as to the percentage of people that who say that versus uh, who do have televisions versus the percentage of people who say that who, who actually really don't. Yeah. I always <laughs> took it to mean I have a television, but I've chosen not to watch your show. Yeah. <laughs> But I also got, I also got a lot of like my girlfriend loves your show you know that was that's uh that was my the usual response. You brought people together with that character. Totally relatable to every single person. Do you think there's similarities? Uh this is my baby, sorry. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's an, the awkwardness is definitely like a, there's definitely like yeah, that sort of like I mean, I it's interesting because I never thought about it. And then I was asked that I think a couple times in interviews, but there was, I, I think I always saw Elizabeth, the character that we created together, not the real person, but th- that Elizabeth Holmes was sort of like, I saw her making the box as a attempt to connect, you know, as an attempt to sort of like, it was like her attempt to put herself out there into the world and like connect with other people. And instead of kind of have like being able to do it in in a more normal quote unquote way she was collect like asking people to give her their blood <laughs> like it was like that form of like i don't know like i that was emotionally sort of how i'd always seen the the invention of the box was just this like attempt at connection at human connection and i feel, and i i do think that that's like I really love writing about characters that are like desperate to connect, but can't for various reasons. Desperate to connect and don't know how to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I, I like to write about that. <laughs> because that's every single person at some point in their life, I think. No, I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say because I because that's me, but yeah, I think that's yeah, I that was that was sort of like the similarity that I saw. I mean, obviously they're very different, but we don't I mean, sorry, we don't have to keep talking about new girls. Sorry. But I think it, I still think it's like we need we need more roles about about people who are um doing it wrong <laughs> to reflect maybe what we're doing right and also what we're doing wrong to tell us. And because also, yeah, you know, you you need you need awkward moments. You need to show that 
because our whole lives are filled with awkward moments and like internal dialogue and internal dialogue is not dialogue shared with anybody except yourself. And it's just like, when you watch someone else's internal dialogue, at least you're having a conversation between your inner dialogue and the characters. You know what I mean? It's just, does that make any sense at all? It's real. It's, it's, that's real. Like those awkward interactions in, in both shows, if it were kind of, kind of compare the two and, and there, that's where a lot of the similarity is too. But I'd be curious for both of you, how much do you think Elizabeth really believed that she could eventually will the box to work? Or do you think 100%. point? Yeah. She believed it. Yeah. No, I do. I think she, I think she, she, I think if you put, if you, no, nah, I'm not going to say that. Sorry. <laughs> when when I, it wasn't working, I think she fully believed it would. Yeah. At some, yeah. Even though she knew it wasn't, she thought that the, she was like a second away every time it didn't work from it actually working. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was something I think we talked about early on, Amanda was just like, I don't, cause I, I felt like she, I felt like we couldn't watch her for eight episodes kind of be this maniacal person who like knew she was lying to everybody the whole time. You know what I mean? I never saw the character that way. Like I, I feel like she was somebody who did really truly believe in this thing, the, to this actually extreme level that, that it put blinders on, put her in blinders like for the rest of the world and then eventually like reality. <laughs> so I think it's actually, it's a story of somebody who's so committed and believes so strongly in something that she destroys it and destroys herself in the process. But yeah, I never thought that she was kind of setting out to to defraud people. After the break, more from the dropout star Amanda Seyfried and creator Liz Merriweather. From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. We're talking to Amanda Seyfried and Liz Merriweather, the star and showrunner, respectively, behind Hulu's critically acclaimed limited series, The Dropout. When we left off, we were talking about Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of Theranos, the medical company that turned out to be one big fraud. As we pick up, Merriweather discusses what it was like to write a character like that. I really was, I, it was the first time for me, Amanda, you've played, you've played characters that you know, are not, quote, likable or something. But I felt like it was such a relief for me to be able to write a character who was, to just be freed of that of that pressure to make the character likable or to make the character charming or to make the, you know, so much of my writing, like, especially with comedy, is like, you're just always kind of trying to, like, create something some charming moment or something you know that like that and it was it was I felt such a freedom to to kind of not have to do that you know to to be able to it was hard for me but to, to just sort of follow the character to these like deep dark places you know it was it was kind of it was really freeing and fun yeah because you know you talk to some actors in the past that are afraid of playing characters that are unlikable. And I understand that when you're lead a character that you want the audience to follow and want to follow the entire show, because most of the things we're shooting are shows and there's like many, many hours of, of plot. It's like you, you, you want the audience to want to be on that ride. And it's usually, usually have to get them to 
like the person. But in this case, you wrote something that showed the human side of this person. So not necessarily likable, but relatable. And you got the you got the audience on your side anyway, because because there's something that connected us to her, mm-hmm. even in the writing. And that's just really hard to do. Usually they have to be likable characters, right? Well, and and also there's never the the black and white, right? So you know, some some of Elizabeth's biggest foes are also incredibly unlikable. Like William H Macy's character is, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, in his own right, you're not really rooting for him because he seems pretty terrible as well. So, so there's a lot of gray, which is and then you feel bad for him. It's like, how? Do, why do I care? What a dick! But also, I kind of feel bad for him because of what you wrote of of how. I mean, God knows what the real the real dude is like. That that was so fun though. That was such a great to be able to 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 write characters that were really complicated in that way was just that was really fun. And um, you know, I don't know. I that it was like that was I have nothing more articulate to say than that, except it was was really fun to be able to like the actual real story is just so filled with like really fascinating people. So it was, and the, and the cast that we brought in was incredible. a miracle. It was a, yeah. it was a miracle. I yeah. cannot believe still that I got to work with that many people coming in and out for a day or two days of work or three days of work or a week of work, just nailing something so unique. So, and also being at the center of it, like it was a dream come true that I, I didn't think was possible. And, and, Truly, like the casting scene. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, they're so good. Like, and and people I've like legends I've looked up to came to the show, came to work on this show. Actually, the casting nomination was so important. Like, meant so much to me just because Janie had basically, you know, we had done the first round of casting before March 2020 because we were supposed to start shooting March 2020, and then she kind of came back and like redid. You know. that that nomination meant a lot because she's incredible, and I I do feel like our cast was just like this, just like a real dream. No, you you mentioned sitcoms, sitcom royalty, and Laurie Metcalf. I mean, the, yeah, the, the, definitely. The list, list goes on. Yeah. So, so curious. I mean, one thing you mentioned that you guys hadn't talked about New Girl before. Is there anything else that you know? about maybe like uh, choices that Amanda made, Liz, that you're curious about that you haven't asked her? Or Amanda, is there something in the script or or in the story that you've sort of wanted to ask Liz, but never got around to asking her about some some choices or, or some story that, uh, I know you've done a lot of these panels. Sort of, maybe it's all been asked, but. <laughs> I know, I was, I'm sort of interested in like your your experience of like doing this, doing a limited series, you know what I mean? Like, cause I, I was just, it was, I was like interested in, in your feeling of like the difference between working on a character in a movie and working on a character over eight episodes. And if that's. It's incredible. The more hours I have with a character, the more story I can tell, the better I'll understand the character. It becomes muscle memory, especially if it's this, if it's, um, if, if, I'm playing somebody further from myself than I'm used to playing. It's way more fun to do that. I it definite benefit to these these um, you know eight hour seasons or six hour seasons. It's a dream, but technically it's not. It's not 
great. It's a uh, very <laughs> tricky. I mean, you shoot out of sequence in a movie, of course, but you're usually only shooting a movie average a month and a half to two months. Right. You have a director who's directing the whole thing. Yeah. They're the boss. The writer's there. The director is the writer. You've got two and one. Great. But the director calls the shots and it's a very clear ladder. And, uh, and with, with limited, it's just, it's not, uh, God, it's just, it's tricky. It's, 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 uh, it's harrowing. And then I, you know, I need to trust everybody involved and Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a cohesiveness that there is always on a film set, Mm -hmm. usually on a film set. And having a bunch of different directors who don't have time to like really hook up because of budget, there's just, the budget always seems to be yeah, dwindling by halfway through. They're like, we have no more time. We have to do two units a day to shoot two different locations. You need to be on both locations. It's just a technical thing that just is really frustrating and, and, and tiring and takes the fun out of, you know, the actual acting. It, it was, I mean, I, honestly, I was so bowled over by your, like, stamina. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I remember kind of just going into this, going into the, when we started shooting and I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, Jesus, this is a tough part. Like, <laughs> she's she's in, like, all, you know, so most of the scenes and it's not a movie. It's not two months. It's like, five months you know what I mean and it's you know what you know what the secret is what the cast Mm. new people kept coming in so it was never the same I was never going back to the same it's not like I was doing a show where there's two lead characters like like the Oscar Isaacs show and and Jessica Mm -hmm. Chastain where there's just two of them the whole time it was yes Naveen and I were working together a lot but with different people all the time Mm -hmm. it like it felt like three different movies in that way. So that's what kept the stamina, you know. That's on, interesting. On, yeah. yeah. It was, people kept coming in and I was excited. Like when Dylan Minnette came towards the end and Sam Waterston was in it more towards the end. And and then Michaela comes in and just like makes the last, oh, just the, the most powerful week of the whole show. Yeah. And, um, you know, Lori would dip in and out. Steven was in the first half. Utkar, mm-hmm. who I became very tight with. It's just Kate Comer in the beginning. It was just, it's just that's what it that's what it is you cannot make a show without a supporting cast like that it just doesn't work and you know when a show is not very good when you don't feel a, a sense of i don't know a connection chemistry, between, chemistry you know between yeah. if you i mean we were having fun the whole time even when it was frustrating it was always like this is frustrating but we can handle this because it's a great show the writing is off the charts good it's it's, it's very rare that it's that good. Um, and it's very rare that you get all these people who come in and just, you know, want to be there. Like if I don't want, if I didn't want to be there, the, the show would have felt so hard. Michaela, like just nailed that whole corporate HR slash lawyer. I mean, Liz, that's a show that that's, that's an <laughs> off. Michaela and the Stephen Fry show. I want that. I yeah. want, I want, yeah. I was, it was really important to me that like, cause I, there was like, there were a few notes early on that were like, that character should be like, you know, a real kind of really scary and tough and, and mean. And I was like, no, it's important to me that she was, that she was like this kind of fake nice, you know, right. which I actually think is like so much scarier than. Right. Right. So frustrating because <laughs> you don't realize until later, oh, I just got played. By yeah, this exactly. Yeah. And it also just feels so 
patronizing or con- you know I don't know just yeah. something that about that like leaves you with a much grosser feeling than if someone was just an asshole to you because then exactly. like, they were an asshole to me instead you're like what just <laughs> happened to me that's gross so, yeah and she just nailed that she, yeah she said, no so so yeah I mean so many so many different spinoff opportunities but of course the big question <laughs> has been for the two of you the trial. I mean, I feel so much chemistry between the two of you. I feel like there's got to be a way to do some sort of revisit more, more Elizabeth, oh, more dropout. Well, I, I mean, Amanda and I are going to work together again. As long as I, you know, if I can, I will just always want to work with Amanda. So, I mean, that's going to happen. I just think like, I don't know. I like, I've, I just felt like this, I feel like the story has been told. And I actually think that's like, what's great about a limited series is that you're, you're kind of uh, telling a story that has an ending, you know, it's just very different than doing a series where you're constantly trying to come up with ways to have it keep going. And I would, I don't know, like, I just, I don't, I'm not sure that, I mean, let's see, let's see, let's see what happens when, when she gets sentenced. And I don't know. I mean, it's kind of sort of hard to imagine, like, I don't know. Maybe I think we should, I think I we should like, leave these people alone. <laughs> exactly. I could play her until I'm blue in the face, but I also know that when you when you get an opportunity like this, it works out. It's it succeeds at what you meant. It, it is what you wanted it to be and more. And and then mm-hmm. on the other end of it, you feel fulfilled and stuff. And then on the other end of it, people really, really enjoy it and really uh were entertained by it to a point of critical recognition and, and, and all the good positive reviews, it's really hard to try to do it again. Even if it's, even if her life is very big, even if she is only 37 Mm -hmm. years, just had a baby and is about to go to prison. It's, it's still, you know, that could be, you know, maybe let's just give Adam McKay and Jennifer Lawrence that story. Plus, I don't know, is Elizabeth still using the voice or has she like dropped the voice? Because if she dropped the voice. Oh, then... no, that's it's no longer the voice. I think it's just her voice. So... I think she's forever. I think she's she's built it. And I think it would be really hard to <laughs> to just abandon that. Um, yeah. God knows people wouldn't recognize her. No, I'm kidding. Do you both still pay attention? Do you, you know, when you see there's a story in the news about her and, and her life, do you click on it? Do you, are you still sort of keeping tabs on what's going on with her? And, and well, the it's other impossible players? because Victoria and Taylor, Victoria, Taylor and Rebecca, who all, who are the producers and creators of the Dropout podcast, which this is based on, are just texting us before the news even hits. I mean, yeah. we know it, but most people do. So it's like, you can't get away from it. Yeah. And, and then, I, I and then they text us first, and then everyone I've ever met in my life texts me after they text mm-hmm. me. So there's no. It's escape. like every time something every time something happens to Elizabeth Holmes, it's like our birthdays where we have to like right get all to respond. Everybody be like, <laughs> I know, I heard. You know, it's just the, it's just it becomes a full time job. No, I'm kidding. It's it's exciting. It is exciting. I like that we're, you know, I like that people think of us, but at the same time, just you're right about giving them their lives back, like. Yeah, world and knowing what what we've made. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested to see what happens at the sentencing. But I also feel like I, it doesn't feel like it's. I mean, I really did come to this place where I was like, the character that we created was different than her in real life. So it. I don't know. I just. I. I. I don't feel like personally 
attached to it in the same yeah. in the same way. Well, Liz, yeah, what? I wouldn't want to see my version in jail, but it's different. Like yeah. the real person, like, and not to say that I think I want to picture that, um, but I, but they are different. You're right. Yeah, totally. Liz, what would you like to write next for Amanda? What would? Oh gosh. What what is there a genre? Honestly, I like I. It's something I think about every single day. So, I'm just like what I'm like, always kind of trying to come up with a, a an idea for. Her. So I don't. I mean, when I when I figure it out, uh, she'll be the first to know. <laughs> I can't imagine you and like some kind of. I think I'm point. always like I'm so desperate to work with her, and it feels like, I mean, it's it's the part about being a writer where you know, it starts with you. Like you are the person that like has to come up with a thing. <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm desperate to come up with a different, a different thing for her. So I'm working on it. Okay. Well, Amanda will know first and then variety yeah. second. Right. Just right. Give, give me a shout. We'll, we'll do something. <laughs> up <tonight>, so. <laughs> well, so great to talk to both of you. Congrats on the Emmy nominations and just vote on- for Amanda. <laughs> Oh, for what is it? Which one is it? Which one is it? Which one did got nominated? The whole show? Yep, you guys have what six nominations? But Liz, but Liz, yeah. one of them is one of the shows that you wrote for writing. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I did, I did get nominated for writing, but I think the the point is vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, vote for me. Vote for me. Please vote. For vote me. straight ticket. Um, go, go straight ticket, right? The, the I, that would no, I mean, there there were such amazing limited series made this year i really like i feel like there's an it's an exciting form of storytelling and um it sounds like a fake thing to say but it really it was really was a like sort of great year and i it feels like such a kind of honor you know being included in that conversation i loved so like all of the limited series that are nominated i loved and there's a bunch of them that weren't nominated that i also like really loved and there's just so it was so much and it was so hard the competition for for this this award is like is is the tightest it's ever been any year so it it does feel like heavier to have been nominated and got you know yeah no it means means so much yeah like really huge i'm like i couldn't man it's just like uh, it's a good, it's a good experience. It's a good world to be in right now. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. It's it's. I could uh, talk about this forever. You know, I'll just like, oh, there. You want to do a podcast interview? Whatever it is, I can, <laughs> I can talk about it for hours. <laughs> That's Amanda Seyfried, the star of The Dropout, and Liz Merriweather, the limited series creator and showrunner, both Emmy nominated for their well-received program. The Dropout is now streaming on Hulu. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Emmy predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Emily Longaretta, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. Oh,